You're listening to a Soulfire Productions podcast. Welcome to Wellness Realness, where we get very real about all things health and wellness, physical, mental, financial, and spiritual. I'm your host, Christina Rice, a nutritional therapy practitioner and energy healer turned holistic business coach for ambitious entrepreneurs. And I'm here to help you up-level every aspect of your life. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You can find an endless amount of content from me and join my online membership at christinaricewellness.com. And if you want exclusive behind the scenes content and my most unfiltered self, DM a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to Wellness Realness Crew on Instagram and request to follow my super secret account. You can also join the Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe Facebook group to hang out with other listeners in the crew. Get ready for some wellness realness. Today is such an exciting day. I have been so antsy for this show to come out for a few reasons. First of all, today is my birthday, all the celebrations. I love my birthday, personally. I know some people don't like birthdays, but... I love them. And this year I'm turning 25 and I've really been looking forward to turning 25. I'm not exactly sure why. I just feel like I'm more of an adult. I feel like 25 is just a great age. 21 to 24 feels awkward. I think it just feels a little awkward. 25, great. By the time you're 30, you realize that in your 20s, you were just a shit show the whole time. But I'm trying to get ahead of the curve here, you know? It's so funny because I was thinking about when I was 9 and 10. When you think 25, you think that's so old. You think that, well, I thought when I was 25, I would be the CEO of some big business. I would be in the corporate world and I would be living in a five-story mansion and have kids and be married That's clearly not what's happening and definitely not what I want my life to be like. I love my life so much right now and things turn out very differently. But it's just funny how you think of 25 as being so old when you're little and then you hit 16 and 18 and 21 and 23 and realize 25, I'm just, I'm still getting started. But anyway, why this is so exciting is not only that it's my birthday, but also if all goes to plan, today I am relaunching my website, christinaricewellness.com. If you've been with me for a while, you've probably been with me through a few rebrands. And here we are again, the new and improved christinaricewellness.com. This has been a long time coming. So much has happened In the last year, so many obstacles have been (laughs) placed in the path, but I truly believe that it happened for a reason and and now is the time for it to be launched. And I'm really hoping this this is actually being launched when this is released. I record podcasts at least a week in advance. So I'm recording this ahead of time, but this is slated to to be launched today, April 6th on my birthday. And gearing up for the next launch this is going to be a two-part website launch. So first is my new website. Get excited about it. Go to my blog, download all my freebies, 
If you haven't already downloaded the free guides on my website, I highly recommend doing that because it is like a cheat sheet to uplevel your health and wellness and kind of like everything you need to know in two pages. So highly recommend getting those. And this relaunch of my website is just the first step before launching what I'm most excited for, which is the relaunch of my membership, which I am now dubbing up level because it is all about up leveling your health, your wellness, your lifestyle, your mindset. And I am expanding it to be all the things you could ever want and need and more. So when you subscribe to up level, which is a monthly membership, so you can cancel at any time, you'll get not only access to all of the exclusive blog posts, recipes, workouts that I've posted. There are hundreds of posts that are exclusive to members and those include different supplement protocols, a lot of information I used to only share with clients, really getting into some of the geeky, nitty gritty sides of health and wellness, as well as information about manifesting and spirituality and growing your intuition, self-development. You guys know I take a truly holistic approach to wellness. And I think all of this, all of this comes into play. So you not only get access to all of those exclusive posts, but you will also have a ton of video content. So I'm uploading a ton of different exclusive videos covering different topics, Q and A's with me, and you will also have access to a monthly live video coaching call with me. So anyone who is a member, you can hop on live. If you can't get there live, then I will put the recording in the membership so you can always watch those. And it's just gonna be a library of a ton of amazing, amazing resources. And then the best part is access to courses that I've created covering different health and wellness topics. So I'm gonna be continuing to add to this course library. So you will always have new things to enjoy, new ways to learn. And the purpose of this is just to really provide you a ton of value at a really low price. And this is the only way to work with me and the most cost-effective way to work with me. If you've been looking to work with a practitioner, but you're not ready to dive in and you want a lot of this information, then this is for you. And I love platforms like this because it's very call and response. So if you're a member, you can post in there and tell me what you want me to create next. And I will create that content for you. And this just allows me to create content that will benefit a lot of people at once, which is really, really my goal. The chances are if you have a a certain health struggle, wellness struggle, mindset struggle, you have a certain question, then I can assure you someone else does. So I would rather help as many people as possible in answering that and just give you a ton of no bullshit resources to uplevel your health and wellness all in one place. And I wish I had something like this a few years ago. I mean, I'm basically just creating my dream membership and I'm super excited to have you guys in this. So that is the second part of the launch. The first part is the rebrand and the website, but the second part is the relaunch of the membership portal, which is just new and improved and amazing. Monthly live call with me, online courses, exclusive blog posts, recipes, workouts, even have two full workout programs on there that you can do at home. The whole video library with exclusive interviews. You get to see podcasts before they release. I have the video version of 
podcast before they have released up there. So you get that exclusive content as well as previews of upcoming courses that I'll be launching. And I will be continuing to release courses in there as I create more and more. And right now the main course in the membership is Wellness Foundations, which is a deep dive into all things that I believe you need to know to live a truly healthy life. And I talk about nutrition. I go really in depth with nutrition, supplements, gut health, fitness and movement, lifestyle factors like sleep, stress management, and a lot into mindset. And this is the foundation of everything. I'm basically designing all the courses to build off of each other. And this is the first one that everyone would want to move through. And you will learn a lot, a lot to optimize your overall health and wellness. I'm just so excited about it. And that's why this is a two-part launch. And the membership will be amazing because I will continue to launch new courses in there and add more and more content. And you guys know I also have a secret project coming out very soon as well with ClearStem. Wink, wink. There may or may not be a preview module in the up-level membership portal. Wink, wink. So definitely head to my website, ChristinaRiceWellness.com to check it all out. So that's my big announcement for today. And the best way to wish me happy birthday, if you want to wish me happy birthday, which if you do, thank you, is to go browse the site. And then part two would be to take a screenshot of this episode and share it on social media. Whenever you do that, it just really makes my day and helps me spread the word about the show. I always want to grow the show more, grow our community. And if you leave a rating and a review on iTunes, then that is the ultimate birthday present for me. If you didn't know, all you have to do is send a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to my private Instagram page, Wellness Realness Crew, where I post behind the scenes content and get very raw and real back there. So it's a good time. So you definitely want to send that screenshot to Wellness Realness Crew to get access to that. People always ask me what health and wellness products I cannot live without. And Beekeepers Naturals is always at the top of my list. If you really want to geek out over the health benefits of bee products, then make sure you listen to episode 206 with Carly Stein, the founder of Beekeepers Naturals, because she knows all the things. But if you're curious about the products that I use every single day, the number one thing that I recommend everyone get their hands on is a propolis throat spray. I use about 10 to 15 sprays of this morning and afternoon or more if I want extra immune support because propolis is the immune system of the hive. It has incredible germ fighting properties and has over 300 beneficial vitamins, minerals and compounds. This is a must if you want to support your immune system and prevent any sicknesses or just help any sicknesses go away much more quickly. And if you're somebody who travels a lot, if you are a high stress individual, if you're an athlete, if you're around kids often, then this will be your holy grail product. I also like to start my day every morning with a bee-powered hive superfood complex. And this contains a medicinal dose of all the superfoods of the hive. So it has propolis for the immune support, royal jelly for the brain nourishing and skin beautifying effects, bee pollen for energy and a little bit of protein. And of course their signature raw enzymatic honey. It gives me a boost of energy, turns my brain on fire and just starts my day off on the right foot. And if I need extra, brain support, then I will take half a vial of the Beelixir Brain Fuel, which is a powerful nootropic formula that has natural compounds like royal jelly and ginkgo 
that help to enhance memory, performance, and cognition, and it's totally caffeine-free, so great for fighting brain fog without any jitters. And then I always end my day off with one of my favorite sleep hacks, which is a teaspoon or more of high-quality honey, and I usually like to go with their Bee Chill Hemp Honey, which is their signature honey mixed with a high-potency hemp oil, so you get the chilled-out effect from the hemp oil, plus the antioxidants from the honey, and you're replenishing your glycogen stores, which is one of my favorite sleep hacks. A teaspoon of honey can sometimes be the answer to getting a full night's sleep. So if you want to get your hands on some of Beekeepers Naturals amazing products, just go to beekeepersnaturals.com slash CRW and my code CRW will get you 15% off. Again, that's beekeepersnaturals.com, B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com slash CRW and that code CRW will get you 15% off of my favorite bee products. I thought a really fun way to celebrate my birthday would be to do an episode all about 25 things I've learned in the last 25 years, in my 25 years on this earth. This was really hard for me to write because you know me, I wrote 75 things and then tried to dwindle it down to 25. So I could go on from from here, but I got it down to 25 and I could do a whole podcast episode about all of them. So I'm going to try and keep it as brief about each of these points as possible, but I think you'll get a lot of golden knowledge out of this. And I really liked writing this down because it just made me kind of realize a lot of the different philosophies I live by and how how my life philosophy has changed so much over the years and things that have really allowed me to continue to grow and change and expand, which is always a process and always something I am continuing to do. And I mean, I'm excited to listen back to this in two years when I'm 30, when I'm 35 and just see how much I've grown. And that's always my goal. I mean, I think that's kind of the point one of the main points of life is to continue to grow and expand and just become a better person. And that is, that's really so important to me. Self-development is so important to me. So hopefully some of these nuggets inspire you in some way or another. These are things that I live by, things that have been life-changing for me, and I'm really excited to share them. So I'm going to start off with some of the more tangible health related things and then move into more of the bigger ideas, life philosophies. Because, you know, I don't think my purpose in life is to figure everything out about nutrition and to only focus on nutrition. But I think that learning about nutrition and health and wellness is or has been a really important framework for me that has allowed me to be able to grasp and digest these bigger life philosophies and my my healing story my healing journey has really been the catalyst for me to really open up in other ways and I know many of you love the tangible health and wellness things just as much as the big ideas so starting with number one this is the most important thing and if you listen to the show it's obvious that Nutrition is not one size fits all and that almost anything can work. Almost anything can work and you'll always find an outlier for any rule 
that we think we know about nutrition. This is something that for so long I think I just didn't want to grasp or want to believe, but something can only be thrown in your face so many times before you start to understand that it's true. I think that the whole plant-based versus carnivore situation is the perfect example of this. How many of us thought that the one thing we could all agree on was that vegetables were good for us. And now there's all of this science and so many anecdotes of people who really thrive on diets without animal products. There's just always an exception to the rule. And there are some people who thrive on plant-based diets. There are some people who thrive on vegetarian diets, some on carnivore diets, some on paleo. Some, some people don't do well on paleo. Some people do best focusing on a more Ayurvedic approach. Some people do great on bulletproof. Some people do horribly if they're following any strict plan and they just need to eat whatever they want whenever they want. Some people just thrive on intuitive eating. Some people really don't, but just nutrition is so individual. It's so customized. And this is, I think, why I'm so fascinated learning about all of the different nutritional philosophies, what works for different people. And I really like to explore all of those different options. You know, I, I went from a standard American diet to a low carb paleo ketogenic diet played around with high carb, low fat, potato diet, carnivore diet, so many different elimination diets, SED, GAPS, AIP, the list could go on. But what I've realized is that there isn't just going to be one answer. And I encourage you to run away from anyone who tries to tell you that one diet is going to work for everyone or heal everyone because it's just not true. I think the only, the only nutritional principle I can stand behind firmly is that everyone will benefit from eating a mostly whole foods diet, whole foods, unprocessed foods. But I'm going to be totally honest. And there are some, there's, I assure you, there is someone out there who actually will do better eating only processed foods because maybe that's all they can digest. That's not going to be for most people. And for most people, I would say very strongly, you need to eat a whole foods diet. But I am also sure that there is always an outlier and always an exception. And there are always things that we can't understand, which leads me to number two, which is that science is super limited. And my approach in this space, I think, is a little bit different than a lot of people. And I find that a lot of my colleagues are really, really interested in the science, which, you know, I think science is super interesting and helpful. But at the end of the day, for me personally, I am far more interested in anecdotal experiences than scientific literature. Just because for me and my own research, I like to spend time looking at both. But I think I've gotten the most value out of anecdotes because science is limited and I can pull apart almost every study and find a flaw or limitation or look into who funded it and there's something corrupt going on there. I feel like I can also find a study providing evidence supporting every point of view. There are studies that support plant-based diets. There are studies that support carnivore diets. There are studies that support high-fiber diets, others that support low-fiber diets, some that show high fat is really helpful, others that show high fat is, is not ideal and is actually harming us. You can find a study supporting almost any point of view, supporting it, not proving it, but also with studies, there's always outliers. And also, on the, on the other hand, there are so many 
things that have not been studied before and things that won't be studied. It was only recently that there was an actual study looking at AIP. There aren't really that many studies looking at a true paleo lifestyle or other different paleo-based elimination diets in comparison to not only the standard American diet, but a plant-based diet. There are so many different confounding variables, even if that were to happen. And just a lot of these studies aren't aren't being done. And there's only so much we can study. So while I love science and I think it can be incredibly helpful and I think we should definitely pay attention to it, at the end of the day for me personally, I feel like I have found so much more knowledge and understanding and opened my mind up in so many more helpful ways by understanding that science is limited and at the end of the day, I know what my experience is and I I know what the experience of my clients are and we have to stay true to that experience. And sometimes anecdote can be more helpful, especially with things that haven't really been studied yet. And if we wait around for science to prove everything, we're going to be far, far behind. And I think also people who live by the science need to realize that it always starts somewhere. We only find something new When someone has an idea that hasn't been tested before and says, hey, let's test this and actually puts it out there. So we can't just throw away any idea that hasn't been studied yet. That's how it all starts. And so I feel like people who only live by science and throw away anecdote and just cannot believe something unless the science, quote, proves it is just really limiting themselves and it's going to hold you back. I like to be ahead of the curve. And if I'm waiting, I'm waiting around for science, which, first of all, it takes a long time to get funding for studies and then for them to be peer reviewed and published, then I'm going to be waiting around forever. And a lot of people will struggle if if they wait around for that. And I think that's also just leading to a bigger question of why do you have to have science to support your experience or your intuition? We have to learn to trust ourselves. Number three, which is also kind of related to the more tangible, more tangible things I've learned, is that our environment is incredibly important for optimizing our health, specifically paying attention to toxins in our environment, non-toxic products. I don't think people really understand how incredibly important this is for overall health. And I mean, there are many leading experts in the space who argue, you know, if you can only change your diet or your toxin exposure, your environment, that the environment might actually be more important. And I think that people just are not understanding how much changing your personal care products can help to transform your health, especially with the rise in cancers and hormonal imbalances in general. You know, we're seeing infertility rates rise. Amenorrhea is far more common than we realize. All of these women who think that having horrible periods is normal, it's not normal. We look at autism and ADHD, like We have to look at the potential connections there between exposure to toxins and in the rise in different health issues. And one of the main things I see in my space specifically is, I mean, obviously hormonal issues. Almost It seems like almost everyone has a hormone problem, but also struggles with their mental health. That is related to inflammation in the brain. 
And heavy metals toxicity is so common. It's one of the most common root causes of all these different illnesses and health conditions we see. And we're exposed before we're even born when they've done studies looking at umbilical cord blood. They found over 280 chemicals found there and close to 200 of those are known carcinogens and that's before we're even born and it literally only takes a few days of swapping out your products to non-toxic options for things to start improving but it is just so hard for me to watch as so many people struggle with the hormone imbalances they can't control their weight they struggle with anxiety and depression they think that these illnesses of aging, or so we think, are out of their control, like Alzheimer's, dementia, or that there's nothing they can do to avoid whether or not they're going to get cancer. And we can't we can't control everything, right? And I'm not saying that any of these things are people's fault. Absolutely not. But what I'm saying is there's a ton of things we can do to greatly reduce our risk of getting these different conditions. And we have to start thinking about our long-term health and not just what's going to pop up tomorrow. And I think it's a lot easier for people to change their diets because they notice, oh, when I eat this food, I get a stomach ache directly after. It's much more motivating for them to switch things up when they, when they see that than it is for them to change something now so that it will pay off in, in the long term. But to me, I would much rather do everything I can to protect my health right now so that I'm not paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in medical bills later on that and that care may or may not help me. I've already been through a huge health crisis and poured so much money into that. And I know that so much of that was rooted in the way I lived my life, my diet and lifestyle and toxin exposure for the first 20 years of my life. And God forbid, if I continue doing that, I, I mean, I don't want to think about it. And I just think that people don't realize, you know, we have the personal care products, but we have 5G, we have plastic Tupperware, we have plastic water bottles, we have receipts, we have BPAs everywhere. There's so much pollution and we're exposed to all this blue light that's throwing off our circadian rhythm. There is so much going on. And so everything that you can do from swapping out your personal care products, this is why I'm so passionate about Beauty Counter and why I'm a consultant, to, you know, wearing your blue light blocking glasses. This is why I cannot live without my blue blocks to switching to glass Tupperware. Pyrex is the freaking best. Can you turn off the Wi-Fi when you don't need it or just take time away from electronic devices? All of these things add together. It's not about perfection, but it's about what we can do, what we can do right now to support our health. And sometimes they're very subtle changes, but when you do all of them, you notice a huge difference. And in the long run, it will really pay it back for you. And I just... I can't emphasize this enough. I point this out because for so long, I, you know, I love nutrition and I really wanted to believe that it was just food. What food was the answer? If everyone could just change their diets, if I could just change my diet and get the perfect diet for me, figure that out, that life would be dandy. Life would be amazing. And that is just not, not the case. There's so much more that goes into it. And I think that Oftentimes, if people just focus on a whole foods diet and they focus a lot more on their environment and toxin exposure, they'll get potentially better results. So let's move on to number four, which is that your mind is more powerful than anything else, truly. And I really think that if everyone spent a lot more time focusing on their minds, their thoughts, their subconscious thought patterns, 
we would be in a much, much better place. Our mind can have a huge impact on whether or not we have illness, symptoms, it's related to our emotions, it is related to what we are going to attract into our lives. I mean, how, how you think is what you attract in. It's also connected to the type of relationships you have, the people you bring into your life, your career. Your mind is so powerful and brain rewiring is one of the most the most amazing processes anyone can go through to really get to the root of those subconscious beliefs many of us just don't know we have and rewire those thoughts so that we attract in everything we want so that we we cultivate a life of happiness instead of anxiety depression confusion scarcity and also if you have any physical health issues any health concerns rewiring your brain is the most powerful healing method there are people who have literally gotten out of paralysis by rewiring their brains. People don't understand this and they don't want to accept it, but you know, I can I can literally think myself or speak myself into getting sick in some way. You know, your your words, your thoughts really affect what becomes true. If you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get sick, I'm gonna have the symptom, I'm gonna get bloated, you're thinking that you're you're speaking it, thinking it into existence. And so you have to rewire that. If you've ever heard of phantom limb sy- syndrome, I mean, this is where people don't have a certain limb, but they, they feel sensation and they feel it, or they might feel extreme physical pain, you know, in their hand, but they don't have a hand. They're not making that up. They're experiencing it. Their brain is what is sending that signal to them. The brain is so freaking powerful. And if you really want to get to the root of whatever you're dealing with, that might be a physical issue, that might be supporting your mental health or just, you know, fixing what you're attracting in. Maybe you're not attracting in great things. Then rewiring your brain and focusing on your mind and really getting to those deep subconscious patterns. This is a practice. This is a daily practice that takes months, years, because you've probably been wired a certain way for most of your life, right? So this takes practice. This isn't something you just do for a week and you're better, but it is the most powerful work you can do, the most transforming work you can do and far, far more powerful than any diet or supplement or workout routine can be. It's a completely different way of thinking. Now on to number five, love heals. Love is the highest frequency It is the emotion of the highest frequency and love above all else heals. And a lot of people can't heal because because of the way their brains are wired and the emotion that is stored in their body of fear, anger, resentment, sadness. And so it's about getting to the root of that and shifting everything to love and also experiencing love, giving love. So if you really want to heal from something, you have to be able to do that core level work to learn to fully love other people, to fully receive love from other people, and also to fully love yourself and receive love from yourself. And that is the most healing frequency. And a lot of people notice that a lot of their symptoms, issues go away when they fall in love with someone. It's not just a reduced stress thing. That, that can be a big part of it. it. It's all connected in a way, but love is such a high frequency. It's a healing frequency that, you know, really receiving love from someone can be healing. And often when someone fully loves us, that allows us 
to learn to fully love ourselves. So remember that love heals. Number six, there are kind of two parts to this. First of all, the only people who criticize you are people who are doing less than you. You've probably heard this before, but it is so freaking true. And honestly, most people are pretty insecure. A lot of us underestimate how many people are insecure and we shouldn't judge that, but we also have to understand that at face value. And so many people feel insecure because they're looking around at the world and they think everybody else is so confident and has everything together, but almost everybody has an insecurity. I'm not sure I can think of anybody, anybody that I know, and I know some pretty amazing people who have so much love and respect for themselves, but I really don't think I can think of anybody who doesn't have an insecurity. That's not that's not a bad thing. It's just part of the human experience. And it's how we respond to that and grow from that and learn from that. That really matters. But it's been really eye-opening for me talking to so many people that I have respected and admired for so long and really just realizing they're, they're human too. And they have insecurities. And I've seen from working with so many clients over the years, this is a really common thread and really at the root of most people's health concerns. But I think it kind of levels the playing field when we realize that everybody has an insecurity and also that anyone who hates on you is just going to project their own insecurities. And a lot of people are afraid of hate, criticism, judgment. They're worried about what people are going to think. But it goes back to that the only people who criticize you are the people doing less than you. And the only people who are criticizing you are people who are projecting their own insecurities onto you. Anyone who is actually secure in themselves does not have the desire or mental space or energy to hate on someone else. The people who are doing more than you, who are at a higher frequency than you, are just up there doing their thing and <laughs> have respect for anyone who's on on the journey. And the caveat to this is, you know, if you're a total asshole, then maybe you're going to get some criticism from people who are very secure. But as long as you're speaking your truth and really just being authentic and doing your best, then it is very true that the only criticism you're going to get is from people who are just projecting their own insecurities on you. So whenever someone's hating on you, says a rude comment, I want you to think about you know, where, why is this triggering their insecurity? This is something about them, not me. They're just trying to throw their energy onto me. And also that they're only going to criticize you if they're doing less than you. And it's easier to hate on somebody who is doing something that we don't think we could do than it is to congratulate them and admire them. And I've dealt with plenty of hate and judgment over the years. And really starting to understand that has allowed me to have so much more compassion for anybody who sends unwarranted, hateful comments my way. Anytime I receive that, which is not really common in my daily life, but just being on the internet, it definitely comes up here and there. But I always stop back and think like, what is this person's human experience and what are they potentially going through and why might this be bothering them? And just realize that it's not really about me, it's about them. There are quite honestly a lot of people all the time who they're not my favorite people, but I just have no interest in going to their page or saying to their face something negative or rude. I'm not really sure how that would benefit me. Not everyone is for me. That's totally fine. I'm not for everyone else, but spreading hate is just like the total opposite of the frequency 
at which I aspire to be. <laughs> so this is related, but slightly different. Number seven is that you can only raise your frequency by being around people who are at a higher frequency. Understanding this is super important in order to understand that who you hang out with is going to affect your ability to bring in what you want. It affects how much money you can make. It affects your mindset, how you communicate. It affects the opportunities you bring in. It affects the other people you meet, the type of relationships you have. If you are hanging out with a lot of people who are at a certain frequency and they're not at the frequency you want to be at, then you're limited. They are probably feeding off of your energy, but how are you rising? How are you getting to the next level? You have to be around people who are at a higher frequency or at least where you're at. And I see this so often with people who feel stuck and everyone in their life is kind of just stuck at a lower frequency and they're not bad people, but we just have to be real with that. And to be quite honest, you know, I think about different relationships I've let go of or relationships I have just committed less time to over over the last 25 years. And so much of when I was feeling stuck, I had a negative mindset. I was just attracting in things I did not want to attract in was because all of the people around me were the same way. They all saw everything in a negative light. They didn't have the same passion or drive or expansion mindset that I wanted to have. They weren't living a life that I wanted to live. And as I have adjusted my circle to be surrounded by people who are incredibly growth-minded and purpose-driven, passionate, successful on every level, so much smarter than me, that has helped me up-level in so many ways. We've all heard that we are a sum of the five people we hang out with the most. (laughs) And now this isn't just who you physically are around or your five besties. It's all the people you're following on social media, all the content you're consuming. And if you really want to up level your frequency and attract in better things, make more money, have your perfect relationship have ideal health, you have to raise your frequency, which requires being around people at a higher frequency than you. And this is going to relate to the next point I want to make, which is the importance of investing in yourself and coaching specifically. And coaching is a really great way to raise your frequency because you are working directly with somebody who is at a much higher level than you and can create space for you to raise to that level. And if you're somebody who feels like you can't find a community of people who you want to be like, who you can grow to be like, who is who are growth-minded and expanded or have the type of relationships or careers that you want, then this is where working with a coach is a, a clear path to doing that and really the fast track. And as I've mentioned before, personal development is the most important thing to me and the most important thing to invest in because when you do that energetic work, that mindset work, rewiring the brain, and you're really getting deep, diving deep and really focusing on self-development, everything else in your life, all the other pieces start to come into place. And if you really want to manifest in everything you want, it's absolutely available to you, but you have to do the underlying work. And it's so interesting to me because I feel like so many people ask, you know, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do you learn anything? Right? How do you learn anything? (laughs) You, you learn from somebody else. Somebody else opens up the space for you to learn something new, something different. Also opens up the space for you to learn how to figure things out for yourself. 
many of the answers are within ourselves, but we can't always access that without some type of mentorship. And for me, coaches, mentorship, constant self-development has been the most pivotal part of my personal success in terms of everything I have in this life. And I feel so blessed and grateful to have such an amazing life. And every day I'm like, holy shit, I cannot believe how lucky I am to have such awesome high vibration people in my life because for so long I felt like such an outsider. Like I would never have friends who understood me, that there was something wrong with me, that I was just unlovable and that I had so many limitations on who I could become and how I could feel and that I would always be depressed. And now I live this life where like, I'm literally crying. Oh my God. Like I cannot believe the depth of the relationships I have and how how much love I experience every day from people in my life and that I created a life that so many people told me I couldn't. And I made a life that I freaking love and I'm so, so blessed to have and always learning and growing. But I'm so grateful for all of the coaching and mentorship I've received along the way. And that came in the form of therapists, energy healers, nutritionists, doctors, health coaches, trainers, friends, colleagues, business coach in so many different ways. But it's been the most important thing for me. And I also just think investing in yourself is so powerful on an energetic level. It is a way to say, I'm putting money into this because I know I'm going to get this result back. You can go pretty far with free information. There's a lot of awesome free information out there. But but at the end of the day, I mean, it's so interesting because I see this play out so often and I wish people could fully grasp this, but I can give somebody the exact same information for free as I could if they paid me $1,000 for it. And the person who paid me $1,000 for it is going to get far better results. It's going to last long term. It's going to be something that continues to grow and expand. The person who doesn't pay any money for it is just not going to get that, that level of results because putting money down is energetically saying, I'm freaking worth this. I'm invested. I have skin in the game. It's a practice of trust. And any coach will tell you this. Any coach will tell you this. And I've seen this in my business so often. I mean, with health coaching clients, my clients who, you know, I don't, keep information from anyone, right? Like my clients who have paid more for services and I go through a very similar process, get way better results than the ones who have paid less. And with business coaching clients, I can tell how successful somebody is going to be based on their willingness to put the money down. And also my higher paying clients get better results than the ones who pay less. And that's not because of any difference in information they're given. Obviously having more access to the coach is going to get you really good results. But if that's not the factor, it's the same level of access. It's the same information. People who pay more often get better results, assuming that the mentor they're working with actually knows their shit and actually is at a higher frequency. That's where things can go wrong. You know, sometimes you invest in the wrong person, but it's so much about the energy, the frequency, the space they hold and what they can, the container they can create for you to expand and grow. So for me, when I know I found the right person, I never think twice about how much I'm going to pay because I know it will come back to me so many times forward. And I am telling the universe, I know I'm worth this. So I'm going to put the money down. The people who only seek free advice and they say they can't afford X, Y, and Z, and they're just looking to solve everything with free information are the people who aren't going to get 
their best results just because that type of mindset speaks to their frequency and their energy and their self-worth. And people don't like to hear it, but that's just a very important lesson I've learned. I've wasted a lot of time and hours in sleep trying to do everything for free. And then as soon as I released that shit and realized I need to buck up and find a way to make this shit happen, invest the money in it, things started happening. Next up is number nine. This is to always be the student because you can learn something from anyone, even people who you think aren't as smart as you, even people who you don't like. You can always learn something from anyone. And this could be about the world. This could be about just, you know, a new perspective, but it can also be about yourself. But I think that having this attitude has really opened up a, a lot of opportunity for me and a lot of personal growth because I try and learn something from every single person I talk to. Everyone has had different life experience and there's always a nugget of gold in there, even if it's somebody I don't like or I don't agree with. And sometimes it's not always a tangible fact I'm learning from them, but again, just a perspective or even a lesson in communication. If I'm not communicating well with somebody, that's going to show up. But, you know, if somebody bothers you, if a situation bothers you, if you don't like something, I think just always shifting to that mindset of, okay, what can I learn from this person and always be the student is super helpful. And, you know, one of the most annoying things to me, honestly, is people who act holier than thou and like they know freaking everything. And I mean, if I know anything, it's that the more I learn, the more I learn, I know nothing. (laughs) But people who act like they know everything, they just don't by the fact that they think they know everything. If you think you know everything, you you don't. You don't know a damn thing. And this comes back to humility and how you treat the janitor is just as important as how you treat the CEO. And I think this is really important to me because sometimes I've learned the greatest lessons from the most unsuspecting people. People who I have just really not liked or really disagreed with have taught me some of the most incredible things or people who I thought, you know, didn't have that much education or that much experience. They weren't very interesting. Suddenly I I learned something pretty incredible from them. And this is why podcasting is so fascinating for me and why I love it. Because I, when I, I figured that out, I was like, every single person is interesting. Every single person is interesting and I can learn something from every single person. And I mean, that's powerful. That's how you learn a lot. And I think that I have gained a lot of knowledge, insight, personal growth just by trying to approach every situation with that student mindset. Now, moving on to number 10, which is one of the most important lessons I've learned is that everything happens to you, not for you. And this is just the foundation of getting out of victim mindset, which so many people are stuck in. And I spent most of my life stuck in. And I think this made me sick. I think this prevented me from making the amount of money I wanted. This made me attract in bad relationships. It was just toxic on every level. And it's so empowering when you understand that everything happens to you, not for you. It's also very hard for people to swallow because it's so easy to play the victim and blame everything on everyone else and just say, why is this happening to me? Everything, life is so hard. Yeah, life is hard sometimes. It is. But you can decide if you're going to look for the opportunity in every moment and how it can help you grow and expand and what the purpose could be. Or you can sit in the victim mindset and feel shitty about it. And I'm not really sure what that's getting you other than feeling awful. And I don't want to feel awful. And I think, you know, if I'm on this earth, why would I not 
do everything I can to feel happiness and love and expansion and growth. And this doesn't mean that you don't ever feel sad or angry or upset, but it's about really feeling those emotions, moving through them, honoring them, not judging them. And then from there thinking, okay, this happened for me. What, what, what could this purpose be? How can this help me grow? How can I move forward from here? And anytime I've dealt with something that just felt so frustrating or insurmountable, shifting into that mindset has helped me come out of it so much more quickly and find gratitude and even the most difficult moments for me and really just helped me take my power back. If you really adopt that mindset, nothing can touch you. Nothing can touch you because you will always find an opportunity to learn to grow and you'll start to develop so much trust in the universe, source, God, whatever you believe in, life. You learn to start to trust and you learn to start to see things in a different way and it's just empowering. It helps you take your power back. If everything is happening for me, then there's opportunity in every single situation and I don't have to fear. I don't have to fear anymore. And when I look back at all of the things that have happened that I have felt were difficult or hard, I realize that they all happened for a reason and they all led me to something better, even though in the moment I couldn't feel it. So now it's a practice of whenever things suck, letting myself feel upset for a second and then realizing the truth that it's happened for me, even though that's difficult to swallow because it's easier to blame someone else or just feel like will's be me, but You'll get out of it much more quickly and find greater purpose if you really understand that everything's happening for you, not to you. And it's not common to have that perspective. It's common to live in victim mindset and feel like everything happens to us. And I see this all around me all the time. And I just, at this point, I can't be around people who are at that vibration. That is a vibration of unhappiness, sickness, negativity. And I'm not really sure how anyone thinks they're going to move forward or bring better things in with that attitude. And I'm not saying that it's easy to really flip to that mindset, but when you practice that and really just start to try it out, it will totally change your life. It's been one of the most life-changing things for me. I think that number 11 is pretty related and it has been another game changer for me. And that is learning that every decision we make is out of a place of fear or love and also out of a place of scarcity or abundance. And whenever I am contemplating making a decision, evaluating a choice, deciding what I want to say or what I want to do, I always try to come back to this and think, you know, am I making this decision or choice out of a place of fear or out of a place of love? Is it out of a scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset? And asking myself that provides me with a lot of clarity and allows me to call myself on my own bullshit because there are so many times we make decisions, say things, do things, and try to convince ourselves that it's it's for a good reason. It's because of X, Y, and Z. When really that's just a lie to cover up our scarcity mindset or our fear about something happening. And I've used that question to uncover some really harsh truths about relationships I have held on to or relationships that I've let go of, business decisions I've made or chose not to make, as well as 
decisions related to my health, what I choose to invest in and what I choose to not invest in comes up in all aspects of my life. And whenever I'm feeling confused and I really just need to give myself a dose of reality and truth, I ask myself that question and say, Christina, you need to be honest with yourself right now. Is this coming out of a place of fear, fear of loss, a fear of rejection, a fear of not being good enough, a fear of judgment, or out of a place of love, hope, and abundance? It's two very different energies, but I have found that anytime I make a decision out of fear or scarcity, it does not work out. And anytime I make a decision out of love or abundance, it works out even though it's scary as hell. So if you've been struggling with something, you you don't know what decision to make, you're just feeling confused, I really encourage you to ask yourself that just to gain some more clarity. And I think a lot of us would benefit from some extra insight as to how often we make decisions out of a place of fear or scarcity. And if you want to bring in love and abundance, you can't be making decisions from that energy. And a lot of us just don't even realize as we're moving through our daily lives that it is coming from a place of fear or scarcity. So as soon as you can start to identify that, the sooner you can switch over to making decisions out of a place of abundance and love. And this leads me into number 12, which is that if you can only work on one thing in your life, so there's all kinds of problems going on, you only focus on one thing, the most important thing is your self-worth. Because when you really work on that and you get clear on your self-worth, it makes it so much easier to make decisions because you can really follow your intuition and really identify if things are coming from a place of fear and scarcity or love and abundance. And also when you have focused a lot on self-worth and, and grown that, when you truly believe you are worthy at a core level, you can truly manifest in whatever you want. But if subconsciously you feel like you're not worth it, then you're not going to be able to bring into your life the things that you really want because our energy is what we attract. And at a core level, you know, feeling like you are truly 100% without a doubt worthy of something brings it straight to you. This is also going to build your confidence, make other people attracted to you. People are attracted to somebody who's at a high vibration, a high frequency and growing your self-worth, which grows your self-love, feeling that vibration of love within yourself, again, is the highest frequency. And whenever you focus on self-worth, self-love, everything else just starts to flow in and every other aspect of your life will start to figure out that you're no longer compromising yourself for other people. You're able to draw boundaries. You attract in people who are growth-minded. You bring in more opportunities. Your physical health will improve. Your mental health will improve. Everything else starts to fall into place, but that's really one of the, the root causes of things feeling out of control or off. So if you can only really focus on one thing or if you are making time every single day to focus on something, focus on the self-worth specifically. It's not something that's easy. It's a process, but it's the most powerful thing that you can work on. Wearing blue light blocking glasses is one of the easiest biohacks you can introduce into your life to support your sleep, to balance out your hormones, to improve your mood, and to improve your energy levels. And that's why I really want to share with you my favorite blue blocker company, Blue Blocks. I've tried so many different types of blue light blocking glasses over the years, and these by far give the best results because they are 100% backed by the science. 
orange lenses are only blocking a part of the blue and green light spectrum that disrupts our circadian rhythm, which in turn causes health issues. But Blue Blocks has red lenses, their Sleep Plus red lens, that are tested to make sure they're blocking that full spectrum so that you get better sleep, deeper sleep, less anxiety, and ultimate relaxation. I like to wear my Sleep Plus red lens with the Parker frame as soon as the sun goes down. And then during the day, I wear the Blue Light Clear lens, which is a blue light filtering lens for the daytime, best for people who work in more natural lighting. But if you work in more artificial lighting or you struggle with seasonal depression, I would recommend the Summer Glow Yellow Lens. These daytime glasses will help reduce migraines, headaches, macular degeneration, and digital eye strain, which is super important if you're on a screen all day. Like me, I notice that my head hurts, I feel foggy, I get moody, I'm just really cranky if I don't wear my blue light clear lens. They have about 20 different frames to pick from, so you'll definitely find something that you like. I get compliments on these glasses all the time, and you can also send in your own frames or use their custom-made prescription service if you'd like something a little bit more customized. And if you really want to amp up your sleep game, check out their Remedy Sleep Mask, which is a 100% light-blocking sleep mask. This has changed the game for me. And for every pair of glasses they sell, Blue Blocks will donate a pair of reading glasses to Restoring Vision, who gifts them to someone in need. So if you want to get your hands on the best blue light blockers on the market, just go to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S for 15% off. Again, that's blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S will get you 15% off. When you use these every day, trust me, you'll notice a huge improvement in your productivity, your mood, your energy, and of course, your sleep. Next up, number 13. This is also related to manifesting and bringing good things into your life. But this was a tough one for me to learn, but very important. And it's that better things don't come in unless you make room for them, which means letting go of things first and not waiting until something better comes in to let go of that old thing. Really, really releasing what doesn't fully serve us anymore knowing and trusting that something better, that exactly what we want is going to come in. So what this means is not waiting until I got a better job opportunity to quit the job that wasn't fulfilling me or not waiting for a better option for a relationship to come in before ending a relationship that wasn't serving me or not waiting to put my notice in at my apartment until I found a new place to move into. And it's not like this always happens as I'm saying, right? So there are many situations where people are still in a job they don't like and suddenly the opportunity falls in their lap. That's great. And there are also times when people let go of the old shit, make room for the new and it doesn't come in. But that's also probably happening for a reason. But in general, I have learned in my own life and I find this with many people that whenever it doesn't work out, it's usually a self-worth issue going on at the root. But also really why it's so important for me to do that is I find that the, the more I've gotten into the practice of that, the more just in general I'm able to manifest in better things because it's about building trust in what we deserve and what we know will come to us. And this can be really uncomfortable for people who like security 
And I like feeling secure, so it's definitely difficult for me too. But it's become easier for me as I've seen it come true over and over again, where, you know, I really want something to come into my life and it's not coming and I'm frustrated. But as soon as I make this space, it comes in. And this even comes in, I see this often for people with finances where they want to make more money, but they're not set up to have more money come in. It would be a total shit show. They don't have their finances in place. And then as soon as they clean things up a little bit, make, you know, create some structure, have have their business uh, structured correctly and their finances in in place, then more money can come in or people who want to have a child and they can't get pregnant. And sometimes it's an energetic mismatch where you really want a baby, but where is that baby going to fit into your life? You don't have any free time. You're go, go, go all the time. Or even with health related things, I've talked about this before, but you know, I had lost my period for four years and some of the energetic stuff that I really feel like helped was making space in my life for my period to come, to come back. And that looked like buying tampons when I didn't have my period, getting getting a daisy to track my cycle. So it's not always letting go of old things, but also just making room for new things. You have to make space in your life or, you know, if you really want to attract in a partner, but you don't have any space for that partner, you don't have any free weekends to hang out with them, you don't have space in your apartment, if they want to keep things there, then you're kind of sending a message to the universe that you're you're not ready for that person or that thing to come in. I have seen this play out in some pretty crazy ways where people take leaps of faith and and make the space. They let go of something old and they're like, I have no idea where I'm going to live. No idea how I'm going to get money. And then the perfect opportunity comes, comes straight their way. Assuming they've done the underlying work at a root level, they believe they're worthy of bringing in that thing. But this has just been super important for me to understand is, you know, we can't expect better things to come in if we don't have room in our lives for them, if it wouldn't fit into our lives. And also for holding on to old things just for security and safety. Again, that is fear mindset. That's scarcity mindset. And if we really take on this abundance mindset, we know that, hey, even if I let go of this old thing, something even better is going to come through for me. There's no point in hanging on to things that no longer serve you, especially if you want to bring in something better. Moving on to number 14, this is about friendships. And this is something that I get asked quite often about finding friends who understand you, finding a tribe, finding a community. And my advice with this is that you can really only find true friends, authentic, deep relationships when you show your true authentic self. And also when you go into relationships with the frequency of conversation that you want to attract. So a lot of times people kind of meet the other person where they're at in terms of the level of the conversation, the frequency, the energy. And we tend to kind of just want to meet in the middle, especially, you know, when dating or meeting new people, networking, and you get somewhere in the middle because you're trying to feel that person out and you don't want to come on too strong. But really, if you want really high frequency conversation and relationships, you have to come into that relationship or that situation at that frequency. And if someone can't match it, then you know they're not necessarily the person for you. So this is like when you're not really having super deep conversations with someone in your life and you're kind of frustrated because it's boring or they're annoying you. But we have to take a step back and think, well, what frequency am I showing up with in this conversation? Have I created a space where they can 
be in this relationship with me at that frequency. And so if you really want to shift dynamics, you have to come in at a higher vibe and kind of lead the conversation and the energetics in that way. So enter into the relationship with the frequency that you want to be at, not where that other person is at or not what you think is comfortable for them. And then also really being your true authentic self, which requires the the previous work of actually knowing your true authentic self. That's deeper work too, but also just showing up as yourself. And so many people adjust themselves so that people will like them more. And this just isn't serving you because even if people do like you, that's not for you, right? That's not even for you. That's for who you think they want you to be. And that's just a really easy way to attract in relationships that are unfulfilling with people who don't really understand you and you're never going to feel fully fulfilled. And you're going to feel exhausted always trying to put on this front of who you think they want you to be. That's just not satisfying. But if you show up just effortlessly as who you are truly and share what you like, what you don't like, the things you're into, the things you're not, your true personality, just as you are, you will naturally attract in people who are attracted to that. And those those people are your tribe. That's who's going to have the type of conversation you enjoy. And it really is as simple as showing up as your true authentic self in every situation. And if it's a good match, then it'll stick. And if it's not, then that's not your person. But that's that's how you find really amazing friends is you show up as your true self with the frequency at which you want to have a relationship and whoever can match you there, whoever is attracted to that is the right person to be part of your community, part of your inner circle. And I think for a long time, I would make myself smaller or dull myself down or sugarcoat my opinions just so that I wouldn't ruffle any feathers or so that I wouldn't come on too strong or just so that I would be more likable. And it wasn't serving me. I was unhappy. I wasn't really attracting in people who truly understood me, had my back, were loyal. There was just something off. And as soon as I realized, fuck this, I'm going to be myself, show up fully as myself and whoever does not like me, that's fine. They're not for me. But whoever does really like me when I'm being totally myself, for sure, is my person. I was able to attract in the most incredible relationships in in my life. And I am so grateful to have such an amazing network. But that was only possible when I decided that I was just going to completely be myself and not be somebody who I thought other people wanted me to be. Number 15 is another one of my biggest lessons. And that is that our triggers are our greatest teachers. And this is one that people really don't like. They really don't like. And it took me a long time to figure it out. And then when I figured it out, I learned so much about myself. And I think what frustrates me is that there are so many conversations around triggers and really avoiding triggers. But when you when you avoid your triggers, you are facing the greatest opportunity for self-growth and improvement because if something is triggering you, that's saying something about you and we have to take a step back and think, why is this triggering me? What is this bringing up for me? What insecurity is this bringing up in me? If someone says something about you that's triggering for you, then what truth is there in that? What do I believe is true in that? Because it's only upsetting us if there's some truth in it 
if there's something deeper underlying that we haven't worked through, which could be a previous situation where we were hurt or just some limiting belief, but there's always something deeper to dive into. And for me, as long as I avoided triggers, I was getting nowhere. And then as soon as I faced them head on and said, why is this triggering me? Because guess what? It's not everybody else's responsibility in the world to not trigger everyone else. If you if you want to live in this world, you're going to get triggered at some point. That's just the way it is. We have to take responsibility for what triggers us. And in my opinion, use that to teach us what we need to continue to work on. If there's a certain person who really triggers you, maybe it's someone in your family, a friend, someone at work, think about why does this person trigger me? What what in them do I see within myself? It's usually a piece of shadow that we don't want to face. But when someone triggers us, we can take a step back and, you know, really figure out what is it about that person or situation or statement that's triggering me? And where do I see that within myself? Where has that come up within myself? And do that work to accept, forgive, integrate that part of ourselves. If you want to stop being triggered by things, you're going to have to face your triggers, not run away from them. Face them, figure out why they're triggering you, do do that deeper underlying work. And then if you really have done the work, it will no longer trigger you. But every time you feel triggered, it's always a chance to think about, hmm, this is triggering me because there's some truth in this that's within within myself, deeper within myself, or I faced a situation before and I haven't worked through it. There's something deeper there. And when you can do that, then you won't be triggered so much anymore. The easy way out is to run away from all of your triggers. But at some point, you can't hide from everyone and you can't hide from the world. If you really want to heal, you face the triggers because they are a gift. They are our greatest teachers about what we need to work through next in our lives. And saying something triggers you so you can't listen to it, see it, be around it, in my opinion, is a victim mindset. And you know, I want to qualify this by saying that there are definitely certain parts in our healing journeys when it is better to take a step back and try and avoid the triggers while we're working through something else. But in the long run, if you go your entire life trying to avoid all triggers, then you're really doing yourself a disservice. And at some point, it is time to take a step back into the space where you're facing them and do that deeper work to work through them. This leads me in to number 16, which is that you only expand when you get really uncomfortable. If you're never getting uncomfortable, you are not pushing yourself to your limits and you're not growing. And the unknown is where the greatest change can happen. The unknown is scary for us. It's uncomfortable because, you know, in terms of evolution, the unknown meant potential death. If we don't know what's lying in the darkness, it could be something that kills us. So it's safer from the evolutionary perspective to stay away from what's unknown. But that's not the world we're always living in. And there are many things that are unknown that are actually beautiful and expansive. That's the space of creativity and new ideas and growth. And I have found that all the times when I was most uncomfortable, it was most painful. I didn't want to be there. That's where I grew the most. And I've realized that whenever I'm doing things where I'm just always feeling comfortable in it, that I'm not really getting anywhere. You know, I'm just floating. And sometimes it's nice to float. But if I want to continue to grow as a human and up level, I'm going to need to go to the edges. I'm going to need to get uncomfortable so that I can expand and 
learn. You know, it's like building muscle. You're not going to build muscle if you are lifting the same weight your entire life. You have to get uncomfortable and lift a heavier weight or do more reps. You have to tear the muscle down a bit for it to rebuild and repair and grow stronger. And it's the same with self-development. Being uncomfortable is where the most amazing things happen. I think one of my biggest points I would love to get across to people is to get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. And this has been one of the most life-changing perspectives for me because I used to avoid everything that was uncomfortable. And that is incredibly limiting and also didn't really work out because I kept getting faced with situations that were very uncomfortable. And then I would just run away and I just felt defeated all the time. And then I started to learn to become comfortable with getting uncomfortable and always put myself in those situations or when I when I found myself in those situations, just let it happen and see where I could grow and expand. And whenever I felt uncomfortable, think, okay, I know this, this is difficult right now, but it's happening for me. And if I keep going with it, if I push through it, I'm going to grow in some way. I'm going to learn something. And really, what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is that you've pushed yourself in a new way. And even if you, quote, fail at something, you haven't really because you tried something new. You got out of your comfort zone. And I can guarantee you there's a lesson in any single situation where you're getting uncomfortable. And this is the same with relationships. The people who have pushed me the most and made me the most uncomfortable and honestly triggered me the most are the people who I've learned the most from and who I've developed the deepest relationships with. When you get triggered or you feel uncomfortable, it's like an asterisk just showed up in this part of your life. Hey, pay attention. This is where you can do the deeper work and come out stronger and better and more expanded. If it was comfortable, you'd already be doing it and you would already be where you want to be. So if you're trying to get somewhere better, higher, more elevated, you're going to have to get uncomfortable to get there. So just embrace it. Know that it's not forever and that it will actually serve you in the end. And this slides into number 17, which is ready is a choice. And I say it that way because I know some people say you'll never be ready. And I, I I get that on some level, but I just prefer to think about it as ready being a choice because I think that when we say you'll never be ready, that just makes people feel like they'll never be ready ever and you're just always running through life, never feeling like you have a handle on anything. But I think it's more empowering to realize that ready is a choice. So you might feel like you're not ready right now, but I can decide in the next five seconds that I am ready. I'm just going to step into it. And so much of stepping into something greater is just deciding to. It's like when people say, well, how do I become an expert in X, Y, and Z? How did she become an expert? They just decided. They just decided I'm stepping into this. If I change my career tomorrow to, I don't know, life coach, then I'm just deciding, hey, I'm ready. I'm doing it. That's just who I am right now. And this is where people always get caught up in imposter syndrome. And I get it. I feel it. I've been there. But at some point, the process of deciding to get out of that, it it is a decision. It's just deciding I am ready to be this person that I know I am. I choose readiness and it's never going to come while I'm waiting around. Readiness comes when I decide when I decide it. So I think understanding that you get to decide that is super empowering and you can decide that in 10 years if you want, or you can decide that tomorrow. And I really like to put that 
agency back into people's hands because we always have a choice. And for a long time, I always felt like I'm never going to be ready to do X, Y, and Z. When is the right time? I've always been such an overthinker. And then I just realized I could simplify it and just decide when I'm ready. And that's what separates people who never get anything done from those who get a lot of shit done. It's the people who get a lot of shit done just decide I'm ready right now. I'm doing it. Even if I feel like I don't know what the hell I'm doing, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for the discomfort. I'm ready to step into it. I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to reach XYZ goal. So I'm going to live like it. I'm just going to step into it and do it. We decide to wait around or we decide to take action. And I used to be somebody who always waited around and my excuse was that I wasn't ready. And then I realized ready was never going to come until I decided to put my big girl pants on and be ready. And I also wasn't going to wait around for someone else to tell me I was ready because how could anyone else decide that for me? Only I can decide that. I have that power. And that shift forced me to stop blaming everyone else to stop with all of the excuses, to stop holding myself back because it was just a story and really realize, hey, it's in my power to decide if I'm ready to move forward or not. So if I'm not ready right now, that's my choice and I have to take responsibility for that choice. Or if I'm ready tomorrow, if I'm ready right now, then I'm just going to do it and no one else can take that choice away from me. And often just making that mental shift of deciding that I am ready has given me more confidence to move forward even when I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just said, hey, I'm ready to do it even though I don't know what the hell I'm doing. It's gonna be fine. I trust myself and I'm ready for that discomfort. But I'm also ready for all of the amazing things I know will come from that. This is also related to number 18, which is learning to get away from the duality of right and wrong not seeing things as just this black and white, right or wrong, and instead just moving towards what we want, moving towards what feels good, moving towards our intuition. And for me, this has been super difficult because I think I just grew up and was conditioned to feel like everything was right or wrong and I had to make the right decision. And there was always a right decision and always a wrong decision. And that was super limiting and held me back in so many ways from moving forward and has taken me a long time to really learn. And I think I'm still always in the process of learning it, but it's been really paradigm shifting for me when I self-reflect and just learning that we can't judge ourselves for decisions or stress out about decisions, thinking that one way is right or one way is wrong, because often it's just What can I move towards that feels good right now? And if something feels like it doesn't work out, we always learn something from it. It's always happening for us for a reason and you can always shift and pivot. And this has made it so much easier for me to make decisions in my life because I kind of just realized, well, if there's no right or wrong, I'm just moving forward. Then I make the decision that feels the best for me and it's going to play out how it does. And if things play out in a way that isn't serving me, then I'm just meant to take another step in a different direction and adjust, pivot, shift, change towards what's feeling better. Most of the decisions we are making in our daily lives are not life or death, but a lot of times we come at them with the energy as if they are. We put so much weight on all of these decisions, even quote, big decisions actually aren't that big in the scheme of things because 
I think a lot of us underestimate our ability to shift and change in that things are often going to work out, even if it's not in the way we expect them to. And this also ties back to manifestation and being unattached to the outcome in the sense of how it comes in. Because if you're really doing the work, you just trust that it's going to come in the way it needs to come in. And it's not always the way in which we expect it to come in. Maybe it looks different, feels different, sounds different, takes longer, It's more following clues than it is something just plopping straight into your lap. But the point is that we can feel very stuck and judge ourselves often and stress out and overthink when we feel like everything is right or wrong. And it's really limiting living in that duality. And when you think of love and really high frequency and expansion, there's no duality of right or wrong up there. It's just moving forward into what we want and into what our intuition guides us to do. And we can always adjust. We can always pivot, turn, dance, figure it out from there. And just believing that everything is happening for a reason. If you feel fear around making decisions, then thinking about this can really help you get out of that fear, as can my next point, which is that to get out of a rut, you have to make a change. You have to get into action somehow. It goes back to how Einstein said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And this is what so many people do. And I have done so many times before in my life until I really, again, took a step back and realized I'm not a victim. I always have choice to change. And how can I sit here and complain about something when I'm literally doing nothing to change it? I am keeping the same people in my life. I'm having the same types of conversations. I'm going the same places. I'm making the same decisions, which is all usually rooted in fear and scarcity. But if you want something to change, then you have to shake things up and you have to make make a change. And sometimes that's bold and it feels scary. and You don't know how it's going to work out. But I think it is more torturous to sit in the same place forever when you know that it's not good enough or that it's not serving you or you are unhappy. That is more torturous than making a change. And maybe you don't know how it's going to play out, but it's probably better than just sitting in the place where you're already at. And at least that is going to be the catalyst for something to change in your life. And you can at least move forward from there, but you can't expect to continue to move forward if you're not making any changes and you're not taking any action. It's like in business. If you're feeling like nothing is happening, nothing is changing, you're not making any money. Well, are you taking action on it? The quickest way to get out of a slow moment with business is to get in action, go out there and talk to people, go out there and make something, do something. If you're always in action, then things are always shifting and changing and something's going to come through. It's quite literally a numbers game with how much action you're taking. And sometimes that action is more subtle and energetic and can come in the form of taking action through meditation or through getting rid of bad relationships or adding in better relationships into your life. Having a different type of conversation with somebody, confronting what isn't working anymore, moving, just do something. But none of us, none of us can complain about things that we don't like if we are doing literally nothing to change them or to work towards moving through them. Nothing grinds my gears more than when someone has the attitude of, I'm stuck here, there's nothing I can do. 
There's nothing I can do. There is always something you can do. There's always a shift you can make. There's always a choice you can make. And I think it bothers me so much because I lived so much of my life in that victim mindset and feeling like my hands are tied. I I can't do anything. I'm just always going to feel this depressed. I'm stuck here, blah, blah, blah. And it's just an excuse. There is always something to do to try and change, even if it feels small it can have a huge impact on your life. Talking to someone new, reading someone new, incorporating a mindfulness practice, getting a coach, shifting your business model, changing your friendships, going to a new coffee shop. I don't know. There are so many different things you can change, but change something. If you want a positive change in your life, you have to make a change to get there. Moving on to number 20, and that is that our reality is just our perception. This is why there are always three sides to every story, right? There's her side, my side, and the truth. There's really more sides to that. And what is the truth is is the bigger question. But this is why different people can experience the same thing and perceive it in completely different ways and then create a different reality around it. And this has been a really important lesson for me to learn because it gave me my power back and relates back to rewiring my brain and realizing that things happen for me, not to me. But, you know, when, when something in, in my life happens that doesn't make me feel good or it makes me feel powerless or afraid, I can take a moment to think about how I perceived it and how I could potentially perceive it in a different way and also has allowed me to open my mind up to how somebody else could perceive an interaction we had in a completely different way than I did and it could leave them feeling a completely different way than I did, which just understanding that has allowed me to understand other people so much better And it's really humbling because it forces you to realize, you know, what we think of as our reality. People think reality is truth. Like, this is the reality. No, that's your reality. That's my reality, which is based on my perceptions of what's going on. So we can all perceive things in different ways at different times. And we actually have the power to shift our reality by shifting what we're perceiving and how we are perceiving it, which is why doing the mindset work and starting to look at things through the lens of gratitude and empowerment and beauty and love creates a completely different reality than if you are choosing to perceive things through the lens of scarcity and fear and hate and lack and low self-worth. It's a completely different reality. And if you're feeling like you don't like your reality, which I have dealt with at different times in my life, then use that information to your advantage in the sense of, okay, how can I shift my perception and decide to focus on something different or decide to see something in a different way. Have you ever talked to somebody and they are telling a story about an event you were at and you're thinking, holy shit, that is literally not what I got out of that event or situation or conversation at all. Like, whoa, we were on different planets there. It just comes down to we perceive things in different ways because we see things through our own worldview and our own lens. 
And I think understanding this can really drive conversation to a deeper place and a more conscious place because you can start to ask questions to understand why someone perceived something that way. And it can be in the really small interactions you have with somebody that might frustrate you and really allow you to understand why they do or don't like certain things and asking why someone does X, Y, and Z or why someone says something in this way. And if you start to kind of open yourself up to their explanation as to why they do certain things or say certain things or live life in a certain way, then you can start to expand your worldview because you can see, oh, this person does it because they actually had this experience, which made them feel like that's actually an act of love or kindness or support or protection or maybe the opposite. But it's really just helpful in terms of understanding other people's perspectives because our reality and our perception isn't right. It's just our perception, which creates our reality. So we have to take responsibility for that. And again, it's empowering because we can shift our reality and also just helpful for us to understand that when other people feel like they have their reality and that's the correct way of seeing things, it's because they perceive things in a very particular way that's different than the way we perceive them. And even if other people can't understand or accept that their reality is just their perception, It's helpful for us to know that because it's easy for us to put people in a box of this person is kind or unkind or compassionate or not compassionate or loving or hateful, but it's not always black and white like that. It's not always like that. It's just we have certain experiences and have certain perceptions and that affects the way we move through the world and then informs our reality. And also when it comes back to forming our own reality, that, you know, happiness is a function of what we focus on in our lives. So there are a lot of people who are in what would appear to be what we would perceive to be really awful situations, but they can be the happiest people in the world because they're choosing to focus on the happy part of their lives. And there are other people who have what you might perceive to be everything in the world and the most beautiful life, but they're super unhappy because they're focusing on the unhappy parts of their lives. And I'm not saying that's, again, that's not right or wrong. Like everybody's experience is their experience and there's no judgment around your feelings, right? Or your perception, but it is helpful if you're feeling stuck or at a low place to just realize what what am I focusing on and what in my life is happy, even if it feels small or insignificant And how can I spend more of my day focusing on that? In a less serious example, it's like people who feel busy all the time and say busy. They're focusing on all the times that they're busy. But if that same person was focused more on all the times they were hanging out with their significant other or their friends and having downtime, then suddenly they would perceive it as, oh, I have plenty of time for friends and family. So it's just about taking ownership and realizing that we create our our reality. Let's get into number 21, which is something that just blows my mind 24-7 because it always comes up, which is that a lot of our problems in relationships, which can be any type of relationship with somebody, so think broad, are related to our parents 
and also our limiting stories and beliefs. So if you ever feel stuck around something or resistance around something, think about what was modeled to you by your parents and what you experienced as a child and what was their money story, what was their relationship story, what was their story around guilt, hope, shame, comfort, friendship, love. But whenever I have noticed any type of pattern in my life, anything I'm attracting in, any issue in any relationship in my life, communication often, weird stories or subconscious beliefs that I I come to understand, but I'm like, what is happening here? And I want to work through something. I think back to, okay, how can I relate this to my parents, my childhood, what they showed me, or maybe my interaction with them. And it's just crazy to see how this all plays out. So if you feel like you can't attract in the right partner or you can't attract in more abundance, money, the right house, what story did your parents create for you? Whether or not they meant to, this isn't about blaming anybody for anyone, but it's just about acknowledging the stories that we created because of what we are exposed to. And you know, when a, when a child is building their worldview, what, what's creating that is what they're seeing in their environment, which is usually their parents, how they're interacting. And that could be with each other. It could just be how one of them interacted with the world or that's that specific things, say it's money or housing or family or illness or receiving gifts, any little thing. But I have found so much clarity in my own life and what is truth and what is fiction by examining my limiting beliefs and patterns that, that show up and then going back and seeing how that's related to my parents and how my childhood experiences created certain stories that stuck with me, wired my brain in a certain way, and then led me to attract in similar things as an adult. And when you gain that awareness, you can start to rewire your brain and let go of those patterns and create new ones. Moving on to number 22, This lesson that I learned totally changed my life and I wrote it out a million times and that is that you are not responsible for other people's feelings and you are only responsible for your own. And this was so hard for me to wrap my head around because I always felt like I had to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders and I had to act in a certain way to be respectful towards other people's feelings and I didn't want other people to feel upset or hurt or sad. And I was spending so much time worried about other people's feelings that I kind of put my own on the back burner. And it also meant I was always putting everyone else ahead of myself. And learning this lesson was super paradigm shifting for me. And again, it comes back to victim mindset and really taking responsibility for my own feelings. Because if I ever think, someone is making me feel angry or upset or sad or hurt, that's actually my reaction and my responsibility. And no one can make me feel a certain way. No one can force me to feel a certain way. I am the one in charge of my reactions and my feelings. And that's hard to take responsibility for, but it's the truth. And this also relates back to being open to your triggers and using your triggers to teach you what you need to work through on a deeper level within ourselves. It's easier to run around and say, this person makes me feel upset. This person makes me feel sad. This person makes me feel X, Y, and Z. Blame it on everyone else. But guess what? If someone doesn't make you feel good, then that's your opportunity to work 
through that trigger and also remove yourself from the situation and or decide to perceive things differently. There are so many options, but we have to take responsibility for our own feelings and other people have to take responsibility for theirs. And something that was really hard for me to let go of that I had to work with multiple coaches through on on different levels is that it's not my responsibility to make other people feel better. It's not my responsibility to make other people feel more secure or okay with things they've done. It's not my responsibility. If I want to do that, that's one thing, but other people can't always depend on me to fix things for them and people can't depend on me to make them feel x y and z and if somebody gets upset with me and tries to make me feel guilty or says I've angered them or saddened them it's about them and not me and I spent a lot of my life just shutting down because there are certain people in my life who who made me feel like no matter what I said or did I was to blame because I made them upset and I hurt them. And that made me stay small for a long time and be really afraid to speak out and really afraid to be myself because I was so worried about anything I would say and how it would affect somebody else. And then learning this, learning this really important lesson that, you know, other people have to be responsible for their own feelings. And if somebody is getting upset and triggered about every little thing that comes out of my mouth, then that is something they need to work through. It's not my responsibility to make everybody happy all the time. It's their responsibility to feel happy all the time. And this shows up in relationships too. My own relationships, and I see this all the time with people, like we just feel responsible to make certain people in our life feel happy. And this can be a significant other, a best friend, any type of partner, Maybe that's in business or any type of joint venture, but we feel a responsibility to make that person feel better, feel happy, and it's not our responsibility. That is on them. You are not responsible for other people's feelings. You are only responsible for your own. And trying to take on the responsibility for everyone else's feelings is like, I mean, it truly is carrying the weight of the world on our shoulders because you you can't control other people. We can never control other people. All we can control is how we show up in the world and our own actions and our energy and our feelings. That's That's on us. That's for us to manage. We can't depend on other people to make us feel better. You know, it's great if people make you feel happy and loved and understood and better. That is amazing and special, but it's not their responsibility. And if you're feeling upset or saddened or hurt by something that someone says, it's not their responsibility, which is really tough for people to swallow, but it really is our own and vice versa. Other people can't depend on you to make them feel happier or better. If you do, that's amazing. That's an add-on, but it is not your responsibility. And if you being your true authentic self with the purest intentions for some reason upset someone or saddens them, that is not your responsibility. They need to look inward and, and do that work to see where that's coming from and why it upsets them. Moving into number 23, and this is that... You don't have to do anything to be worthy of love 
and you don't have to improve someone's life in order to earn their love. And I think a lot of people go into relationships feeling this way, like I need to make this person's life better in some way for them to love me, to prove that I'm worth it. And also people just having this kind of underlying belief that they need to hit XYZ goal, reach some level of success or authority for people to love them. And this is super limiting and just untrue. You don't have to do anything extra to be worthy of love, to receive love. And when you're in any type of relationship, you don't have to improve their life or do anything magical to receive their love or show that you are giving love. If you do, that's amazing if you improve someone's life, but you can enter into any type of relationship. This can be with a romantic partner. It can be with parents, friendships, but you can be in a relationship just the way you are, just being you, your authentic self. And that is enough for you to be worthy of receiving love and also giving love. You you don't have to do anything above and beyond to transform someone's life because just by being you, just by being your authentic self, you you are creating space for that person and helping them expand without you even trying. But I know I have dealt with this for a long time and I have a lot of people in my life who do the same thing, whether or not they realize it, where we have felt like we have to prove ourselves to be worthy of that person's love and we're obligated to do X, Y, and Z to show our love. And it can feel really uncomfortable to feel secure in a relationship sometimes if you feel like that person doesn't really need you. But it's about being able to fully receive love, knowing that that person doesn't need you at all. They just want you there. And it's funny for me because I know that this is a pattern that I had for a long time and something I'm really conscious of because I tend to just want to give people everything I have and do everything I can to help them and just really want to improve their lives and make them feel like, oh my gosh, like she's changing my life. This is amazing because I think, you know, there were just past experiences and stories put in my head that I was only worthy of being in any type of relationship or receiving love if I made people's lives better. But that was just a story given to me by people who quite simply just are not my people and are not at my frequency. And I don't think I fully realized it until I started seeing it in other people that I have so much love for. And I'll say it to them, but sometimes I just want to shake them and say, you don't have to do all this stuff for me. Like if you are just you, you're just sitting here with me. Like I can still have love in this relationship. And I think sometimes people almost create problems to solve or go out of their way to do X, Y, and Z so that they feel like, okay, I improved this person's life. So I feel safe and secure here, but it's just not true. You don't have to do anything extra to receive my love at least or receive love from anybody who is, is worthy of being in any type of relationship with you. I mean, what kind of relationship is it if the person only wants to be in that partnership with you, if you X, Y, and Z, it's super conditional. True love, true authentic love at a high frequency. And again, I'm saying love in any 
any type of relationship is not conditional. It is not conditional. It just is. You just have to be yourself. While I'm talking about relationships, number 24 is that vulnerability breeds vulnerability. This is how I've cultivated so many incredible relationships and this incredible community. And, you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, if this isn't your first time tuning in, you probably feel like you can trust me. And this is why so many people who maybe haven't even met me in person yet feel like the first time they talk to me, they can just tell me their life story. They feel open to that. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's created because I open myself up and I'm vulnerable with you guys. And whenever I want somebody to be vulnerable with me, I have to share something vulnerable with them. And I think if you're looking for any type of deeper relationship, it's really important to remember that vulnerability breeds vulnerability. If you want to create a community, be open and vulnerable with people. Really show your true self like I was talking about before. And that opens the doors to them feeling like they can be vulnerable with you. And then you can get deeper and deeper and have such amazing conversations. And this is part of a conscious relationship. Vulnerability. This is at the root of everything. I think vulnerability is the most beautiful thing. And there's nothing I respect more in someone than their vulnerability. If somebody can be vulnerable with me, I, within five seconds, just have the utmost respect for them. I mean, that's really what I look for in people and in relationships. Can this person get vulnerable and be vulnerable? And can they create space for me to be vulnerable with them? But there's just no faster way to create trust and truly deep relationships than to be vulnerable. And I think a lot of people, whether or not they realize it, struggle with relationships and going deeper, but it's because they are holding out on being vulnerable and they want to feel like the other person has to do it first so that I feel safe. But if you take that first step, that opens the doors for, for them to be vulnerable. And look, someone has to budge at some point. So maybe you can take the higher road and just be vulnerable. That's just something that's super important to me and something I really admire and respect in people who I I chat with whenever somebody can be really vulnerable with me and open up like within five seconds, I feel totally connected to them and have so much respect for them. And it just creates this unbreakable bond in some ways. So vulnerability breeds vulnerability. Okay. Number 25 is related back to something I've talked about on a few other podcast episodes And this is a phrase that my friend Cassie Aurora from Modern Goddess Podcast said to me in an astrology reading. She said that I meant to turn my mess into my message. And I said that on a couple podcasts and so many of you have have said that to me and how much you connected with that. And I think that's been a really important lesson for me, turning my mess into my message. And I encourage other people to do that as well. And it's just really rooted in this idea that every shitty thing that happens to us makes us who we are and teaches us something that we can share with the world. This is about creating opportunity from the most difficult situations. This is about 
figuring out why it happens for us, not to us, and being grateful for all of the difficult experiences we might have had. That doesn't mean you can't feel the anger or sadness or frustration. You still feel those things, but then it turns into, wow, that literally made me who I am. And you know, everyone has a different human experience, but I think about the different things I've gone through and everything that I felt like was the shittiest thing in the world is what made me the person I am right now. To be quite honest, I think most of what made me who I am is all of the difficult times, all of the struggles, more so than the positive things. The positive things played a role in who I am, but more so when I was pushed to the edges, when I was pushed outside of my comfort zone, when I was so uncomfortable and scared and came out of it, every situation that I felt like was the worst thing in the world led to my most personal growth and made me who I am today. And that person is going to continue and evolve. I still have plenty of time to keep growing and changing and learning, which I'm excited for. But I think it's really amazing to look back and realize that all of the crap I went through really made me into a really strong, independent, confident person. And I wouldn't change any of that for anything. And as I keep moving through life and I face shitty situations and I make mistakes, that's all going to mold the person that I will be and continue to grow into. And I can keep turning my mess into my message and find greater purpose and meaning in all of the difficult things that get thrown my way and all of the mistakes I make. I think I spent a long time resenting different experiences I had and when I felt like things were difficult, but it helps me to reflect on the fact that all of those things made me who I am and that I can always turn my mess into my message. And that's what I try to do. It all happens for a reason, even when it's really difficult to understand or accept in the moment. And I think that's really empowering. And I encourage other people to do the same and find opportunity in situations that you might not find opportunities from. But if you've faced anything difficult in your life, which everybody has, I think it's incredibly helpful to share what you have learned from that experience. Okay, I know that was a long one, but those are my top 25 things that I have learned in my 25 years on this earth. I've learned more than 25 things, I promise. (laughs) But those are the main 25 I wanted to cover and I would love to hear what you think of this episode. If you have any reflections, please, please share. You can comment on any of my recent Instagram posts. You can post about it in Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe Facebook group. Let me know what you thought. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you took a screenshot and shared it on social media and tagged me. That would be the best birthday present 
ever a great way to bring in 25 and make sure you check out my new website christinaricewellness.com well, I guess it's not a new website but it's a rebrand a relaunch and I'm super pumped so thank you again for tuning in and I will chat with you again soon bye